Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> say like so fucking much to that. <laughs> well, we're going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now they know you're not all trying right. to say like too much. All right. Why did you notice that you are still saying like all the time? Totally. Do I say it as well? I don't think so. Huh. I wonder it's, what my thing is that I do all the time on the podcast. I say like and I say it's like. I noticed Jordan Peterson says that a lot too. I'm not trying to compare myself <laughs> yeah. to him. <laughs> but he always says that. It's like, right. you know, he says that. Huh. Yeah, just a filler word, I guess, eh? That's all it is. Like, totally. It's like when you're scrambling for the words to... That's what I feel. I'm kind of scrambling to describe something, and I just say that so many right. times. I, I probably... Yeah. Huh. I don't know if I say that a lot. I'll have to, I don't listen to our podcast, so... Do you know what's one of the things... We're all so self-involved. Like, when we see a photo of a group picture, we all look to see how we look first. Right. It seems when I listen back to the podcast, I'm probably critical and putting the focus on myself. Right. But I don't notice anything that you say right. like that. But they're also probably not. It's like uh, I just saw Theo. So Theo Vaughn had um, uh, Tony Robbins on. Yeah. And did you? Did you I listened listen to, to that. It? Yeah. I didn't listen to it, but I just saw the clip where I he thought was it'd be like, a great dynamic. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Eh? But like how Tony Robbins is like like look around the room and like look for brown something with brown in it so Theo's like looking and then he's like you saw some brown he's like yeah and then he's like now look for red or whatever but the 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 point of it was to like that you see what you're looking for exactly so it's like when you're listening to a podcast you're looking at corrections to make for yourself not for me so yeah. yeah you just you notice yourself way more 100% you know because yeah. you're looking for the flaws yeah but anyway um I had a dream okay Martin <laughs> let's hear it yeah uh super cool so this was um I think this is like maybe two or three days after we posted the last episode. So maybe like a week and a half ago or something like that. I forget the exact date, but uh, I had a super vivid dream of me, my mom and Layla longboarding through the forest on like a really nice asphalt trail. And I don't, I didn't talk about this, did I? No. Okay. It was wild, bro. And so this is like, um, it would have been less than a month after my mom passed away sober you've been off yeah the weed for a little yeah while. like i took like the two weeks off um of weed which i, I smoked last night and i had a wild dream mm. i was shooting people like wow. i was in some kind of crazy thing where like i could i can vi like vividly remember me having a like a lineup of people running through this area and i had them all in my scopes and i mowed them down wow i forget if i was the good or the bad guy but i was shooting people and it was super real. Are you watching anything on TV where there's a lot of shooting and violence right now? Um, I, I did. Like, I watched 1883, which I want to get into that. Okay. I okay. got some shit on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that maybe sparked that. But anyway, the, the dream with my mom, bro, it was so vivid, man. It's like... Um, 
Yeah, we. she wasn't longboarding. She was getting pulled by Layla. So even Layla was like in her prime, still youthful and strong, like pulling mom. And I was behind them and there was just trees. It was beautiful. It was like a super happy dream. It's like my mom just was like, hey, I'm going to visit you one more time here. Wow, let's beautiful. Let's have a dream together. And I woke up because somebody asked me like after the dream, like you must have been like sad because being like, oh, like reminded that your mom's dead. I'm like opposite. I was so happy. Wow. I woke up immediate smile being like, I just hung out with my mom wow fucking i did that's what it felt like it felt like i went longboarding one more time it was wild dude do you know what's interesting about that how you just said that who can say you didn't hang out with your mom there well that's it wasn't in this realm right that's kind of what they talk about with you know heavy psychedelic use with like ayahuasca dmt whatever it's like when you go to that spirit realm it's like is your brain producing chemicals to give you the illusion that you're there or is there something that's a lot deeper than this physical body that your consciousness is actually traveling somewhere else and interacting with these things that like aren't a part of this world yeah you don't really know and i don't really care and that's either way was, either yeah. way does it it, it was just so real that yeah. I was like, oh, man, it just made me smile. I think I remember waking up smiling, and then I told Aaron right away. I was like, I just had a dream that, like, you know, I told her the dream. And I think Aaron had, like, some disgusting dream. She, <laughs> she shared hers as well, but I won't get into it just to save her the embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Was Dreams really are cool. mesh, man. I had a dream, that, like, last night, too. Um, I was traveling somewhere, and... My two friends, Justin Kendall and Josh Payette, were there. And I remember seeing... Quite, quite the crew. I think I was with Justin, and I seen Josh in the distance. And I'm like, hey, like Josh is here. Oh, my goodness. And then we called Josh over. And we're like, let's take a Snapchat like picture together, video. So, you know... And then we I had the frame, but it, let's say Justin was kind of out of the frame. But then on the screen, Justin's like head came in. And I looked, and he... In reality, he his, he wasn't in the frame still, and then we all kind of looked at each other. It was turned into like a really dark dream of like, oh, oh this is like paranormal. Like, almost it's almost like when you look in the there's that video of the little Asian girl who's looking in the mirror, and then she looks away, but the girl in the mirror doesn't move. Oh, and it's like a chilling video of like paranormal activity, uh. <laughs> and it was kind of that same vibe of like that's not right, like something's messed up, and it turned into like a dark dream. But I woke up being like, what the fuck is our mind, man? Yeah. That's, it's funny. It reminds me of like some psychedelics would be like that. Hey, it'll be so nice and loving and just like, and then all of a sudden just just like the lights dim and you're like, oh shit. Mushrooms. What happened? Yeah. My, my brother-in-law Richie sent me a video last night. Uh, You know who Michael Buble is? Yeah. Singer or something? Yeah. Singer. Very, uh, like musician. Like maybe like a very PG kind of a singer. Yeah. You know, um, he was at the NHL all-star game. And he was on, somebody gave him, I think it was his first time trying mushrooms and somebody gave him what they said was a, a micro dose and he was being interviewed like wearing oh, the NHL no. jersey and he's, and dude, he's making an ass of himself. Uh, he's like, yeah, somebody said what, said they gave me what was considered a micro dose, but he's like, it is not a micro dose. And he's like, the whole time out here, I thought I was on Blade Runner. And then at the end I realized I'm at the NHL all-star game. And he starts talking and he, it's like a post press conference. It's right. like a, a real situation. Damn. And he, and I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, man, when he goes back and watches this, he's going to be like, 
Who oh, let him fuck. talk into the mic, man? Hey, like, was he by himself? I feel like you need to have people, like, when you're on something like that and you're a big celebrity, it's like, save him the embarrassment. Yeah. Get him out of there. Yeah, yeah. You know? Not the place to do mushrooms. <laughs> no. Crazy. That's wild. Um, I want to get into that 1883, but I, let's, let's, I will share a couple more things. Yeah. There is another thing that I don't think, <laughs> look at, look at Coco seeing himself in the mirror or seeing herself in the mirror. <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> um, anyway so I, I i don't know if i shared this on the podcast I, I i asked aaron this morning and she didn't she didn't think i did but um if it starts to sound familiar let me know <laughs> so stupid <laughs> does she normally do that so ryan's dog is going ballistic staring in the mirror and like fucking running got the zoomies because of it um so i'm i'm walking through the park and um, I guess to maybe to to set this up, I was this is when I was reading uh, the Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. It's like that fictional story. It's like super inspiring, really cool, kind of like a Robin Sharma type book. The book that Derek didn't like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although I don't know if he's read Journey of Socrates, which he should. He okay. should he'd probably like that one. Um, anyway, in in that book, the the kind of mentor that's um, teaching this young guy that's struggling. He's basically teaching him how to live properly and, you know, stop and smell the roses and eat slowly and breathe properly and just do all these basic things. Yeah. One of the things that he talked about was because the guy was like, he worked at a gas station. He was serving people at the gas station and he'd have a lot of these small little interactions. And this Dan Millman, like the character in the book, who is not the mentor, whenever he was pumping gas, he was really quick with people. Like he kind of just pumped their gas and then they would leave. But the mentor would like usually just start asking questions. He would spark up a little bit of small talk and he would like just learn about these people and try to like brighten their day in some way, <coughs> at least leave an impact on them. But the, the lesson was basically like, don't rush through those small little moments. Like you never know what kind of gems could be hidden there. Like mm -hmm. there's so much beauty in people. Yeah. And the only way you find that is if you take the time to have small little interactions. But if you're just rushing from point A to point B all day long, you'll always just miss those. So 100%. you never stop to smell the roses. Yeah. So I'm literally reading this part of the book. And so it's kind of in my head to be like, oh, if something like this happens, I'm gonna stop and smell the roses. I'm gonna take my time, I'll be slow with it. Yeah. Anyway, so Aaron and I are, are um, walking our dogs through the park that we normally walk. And this, this guy about my size is walking our way by himself. We start to veer off to the right a little bit as he's coming towards us. And especially Aaron, she takes her dog because it's a little more aggressive. She just walks quite far away. But I'm like a little closer because Layla's <laughs> not, not too bad. Anyway, the guy says something about Layla and he's like, oh, it's, it's a nice dog. And, you know, I was like, ah, oh, thanks. And then he says something again. He's like, what kind of dog is it? So I'm like, I'm just going to stop instead of answering him while I'm walking. So I stop and I square up to him. I'm like, she's a German Shepherd Kuvos. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, what a beautiful dog. And I start walking towards him. Bro, the guy was like, um, he was like, uh, I think one of the first things he said when I start walking towards him was, my dog just died about two months ago. He's a guy to German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. And he goes to pet Layla. Tears start running down the guy's eyes. Wow. And so here I am in the park and I see the guy's got like a jacket on that's open. It's zipped up. He's got a, he's drinking. It's, he's day drinking. He's got mm -hmm. a bottle there. So he's yeah. probably just struggling. And I could kind of smell booze on him too. But anyway, we're, we're talking a little bit and I forget the exact conversation, but I, 
I remember just, I put my hand on his shoulder and I was like, I'm really sorry about your dog. He came to hug me. Soon as I touched him, he went like this and I fucking hugged a stra- a drunk stranger in the park. <laughs> like just cause his dog, yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. but it was just crazy because I'm reading this book and it's like, don't, don't skip those things. Cause that's where the beauty lies. Yeah. Like that's what life's all about. Yeah. And not only did I, I'm sure he probably felt really good just to kind of see a, a nice German shepherd to get hugged by someone to share some of his story, but I felt good after. Yeah. I was like, I feel amazing. Yeah. Like, it's cool that I, I made that guy feel comfortable enough that he could just hug me. I was like, yeah. Fuck, I don't know you, bro. Yeah. But I just was like, sure, you know? And then after I look at Aaron, I was like, that was interesting. She's like, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like what life's a about you know it's everything man yeah it's everything like we talked about on the podcast with like the little things right yeah. it's like they're not little things that's what life is it's it's just a bunch of awesome little things compiled together and that was one of them do you know what that reminds me of you know basically stopping to smell the roses you know don't discount the small things i've talked about it before i, I read about it in that book the master key system and they actually are touching on it in this uh, the power of intention that i'm reading right mm-hmm. now is like the universal mind and basically like, yeah, all the little hidden gems of life are all around us, but we're too busy and distracted to tune in and notice them. Right. And he talks about how, maybe this wasn't from this book, but they say that God speaks through people, you Hmm. know, and and maybe sometimes a friend or just anybody says something to you, but you don't, like you hear them, but you don't really listen. You don't take it in because you're thinking about whatever. Right. And it's the power of stopping and really taking in what somebody's saying and it it could hit different sometimes if Mm -hmm. you're totally aware yeah and um just picking up on the cues and just being aware and that's where like the universal mind speaks to you it's always giving hints but a lot of times we just were not receptive enough yeah and i get it like i get why it's like like i don't like small talk so it's like i'm i'm super guilty of like you know, if I wasn't reading that book and that guy said that, I probably would have just walked my ass right yeah, by exactly. and just been really short with him. Yeah, yeah. Right. But then that guy would have been stuck with his frustration instead of like letting out some tears and hugging someone and having that physical touch. I would have just fucked off and like been like, yeah, thanks. And just keep walking. And he would have been like, shit, guy's a dick. Yeah. You know, but totally. it's, it's, yeah, it's just those little moments where, yeah, I have to kind of train myself to just be better at being present with whoever's in front of me. You yeah. Know? Unless you're at Starbucks. Well, if I'm at the drive-thru at Starbucks, don't start with, hey, how are you doing? I'm at the drive-thru. Just say, what can I get for you? <laughs> There's no small talk in a drive-thru, bro. And the Starbucks people are like, how's it going today? I'm like, empty question. <laughs> Mom just died. How are you? Do you want the real answer? <laughs> Like, do you want me to vent at a drive-thru? Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's a time and a place, not the drive-thru. Yeah. I just like it when they're like, what can I, you can still be nice. Yeah. Hey, what can I get for you? Yeah. Oh, I'll get this. Yeah. Don't ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> Unless you actually want to know the answer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what book are you getting right now? You said you bought two books today. Yes. Um, before we get into that, I'm going to preface it all first with talking about 1883 okay because it's kind of what sparked my my book search okay um so you told me that you watched the 18 because i never did i, yeah. I told you to watch because i was like oh it's the prequel yeah. to yellowstone it might be good you watch it said yeah. it was great so then i watched it yeah. bro it's phenomenal so you finished it all yeah yeah binged it yeah i did like the seven week free thing and then i just like canceled it yeah yeah not paying extra yeah. for that shit it's but good, um, right? it's really good yeah. super dark but that's that's yeah. those were the times man yeah and like 
life is harsh then. For, yeah, for those that don't know, like maybe you haven't seen Yellowstone, but basically 1883 is like, um, uh, it's when a lot of Europeans and a lot of Americans were settling. There was a lot of free land. So it's like obviously in late 1800s, there's a lot of free land. So these people are like on horse and buggy traveling through the plains of America trying to find land for themselves and build like a future and so it shows them like just the you know we won't spoil anything but it just shows them like having to you know cross the rivers avoid bandits getting fights with the indians going up mountains like just the treacherous like track to get wherever they're going yeah so anyway i'm like i I was on youtube and i i typed in 1883 and in a little clip of the producer because he was on rogan's podcast the producer of 1883 and there was just a clip of like some of the research he did for that show Mm. man it's it's pretty fascinating so he said during that time like when he when he wrote the show he was researching a bunch and and it was shortly after the civil war had happened so american like america lost like millions of people so like the country literally just needed more people so they advertised to europe hey come to the land of the free there's free land up for grabs you could come here and with your family and start a new life Mm. they didn't say how fucking hard it was gonna be Mm. they just were like hey free land come get it like we got plenty of space over here and so a bunch of europeans 40 percent of them couldn't speak english most of them came from places where guns were illegal so they weren't trained in firearms Mm. they had no guns they didn't understand like you know, shooting people just for no fucking reason. Um, And in the show, there was like a group of people, it was like illegal to swim. So there's certain places in Europe that it, it was illegal to swim. And the one guy says like, the only thing legal was paying taxes. That's all we were allowed to do was pay taxes, (laughs) work, pay taxes. That's it. And so 40% of the people that came to America couldn't speak English. And they're they're trying to navigate in this dangerous world without verbal communication. So anyway, yeah, like the the story is like basically them just taking a bunch of these foreigners through the land of America trying to find a place. Mm-hmm. And like, could you imagine how wild that would be, bro? And he said like the the Americans that were the ones traveling through, he's like, those those wouldn't be those wouldn't have been like skilled blacksmiths or people that were skilled workers. Those were people that were starving. Those are people that with no other option. Like there's no way you're already in New York with a job that you're going to be, Hey honey, let's just travel this dangerous route and just start fresh. Yeah. Like start fresh where there's no stores. So if you, if you go there and and like, you know, the, the black guy and the gypsy, yeah, they kind of like built a relationship at the end of the thing where he puts the stake in the ground mm-hmm. it's his land now yeah, yeah that's what it was yeah. and i was like bro that's crazy yeah real like, pioneers yeah dude like real pioneers real settlers like they yeah. were settling on land that was not touched yeah so all they had to do is walk over there with a stick and just put it in the ground and be like this is mine now <laughs> like, talk about the simplicity of life nuts, dude like yeah it's like your purpose is just to survive yeah. and trek yeah simple but not easy exactly you know very simple but not easy and the the ending was the ending was really sad too yeah you know and like yeah don't spoil it just yeah some people probably want to check it out but it is really sad too and it's uh it's just the, the harshness of life you know back then you get infected you're gone yeah there's no antibiotics yeah there's no it's yeah just it's such a harsh reality man yeah 
Yeah, and I love how that, I think the actor is Sam Elliott, the old guy. Yeah, the yeah. Captain or whatever yeah. they call him. Yeah, um, big old mustache. Yeah, and this isn't really a spoiler. It's just kind of that shows you the the, the harshness and the, the realities of the show and, and how it probably was back then. But remember when they were about to hit the trek and a bunch of Europeans were gathered around, one guy could speak English, but they were checking their body for like any weird diseases. And the, yeah, yeah. the one couple had like a smallpox or something. Yeah. And the guy was like, he grabs them aside. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, if I see you again, I'll shoot you. Yeah. This is your warning. He's like, go by a river and go die with your family. Yeah. He's like, if I see you again, I'll shoot you. Yeah. And he, the guy was like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, what? Like what? Yeah. I will shoot you. It's either you or all of us exactly. to die, fucker. Like, exactly. Sorry. So yeah, they're just so ruthless with yeah, like, man. yeah, if you get like an infectious disease, it's like, if that doesn't kill you, the gun will. Yeah. And those guys were like, we'll shoot you right away. Crazy. It's wild, man. Wild. But then there was like, there's some cool like scenes in there too. Like even, I thought this was kind of cool. And um, the the dad and his son are like hunting and he, and he kind of teaches this kid how to hunt for the first time. It was just kind of a cool moment where he, uh, you know, he gets his son to thank the deer and the kid's kind of confused. He's like, why would I thank the deer? It's dead. And he's like, it's just something we do, kid. Just fucking say thank you. You know, it's like when you when you take a life, it, it gives us life. But then he was like, the cool thing was, uh, what did he say? I forget how he worded it. But it was basically every time you take an animal's life, you take one step closer to being an animal. Mm. The balance of life is finding the, the middle ground. We're human, but we're also animal. It's mm-hmm. like, you don't want to go too far, kill, kill, kill. You just, you take a life if it saves your life. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like this cool little lesson for the dad to teach the kid where it's like, yeah. every time you kill, you, you take one step closer to animal. And it's true. Like, yeah. I feel like humans are very animal, but we're very different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one other thing, and then we can get into the books. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, you know how that, uh, yeah, Captain Sam Elliott, the old guy with the mustache. Yeah. Um, it was when he was talking to the the blonde girl. I forget her name. Oh, I'm always Elsa? So bad. Yeah, no? Elsa. That's okay. the one. Because, like, yeah, someone she loved had just died. And he was saying how when two people meet and they fall in love, your souls kind of transfer over. Like a little piece of your souls, like, almost transfer. So that when that person person dies... Um, part of you a part of you dies but that part of you that you gathered remains in you mm. so because this Sam Elliott was still alive but his wife had died he was like I'm I'm going to the ocean because I'm going to show her the ocean I want her to see the beauty and I was like that's such a cool way to like think about death where it's like yeah, yeah if you're you know a married couple or whatever um, and I don't know maybe it works if it's like a father and son or mother and son as well just anyone you love you get a piece of them mm. so it's like sometimes I'll picture like because my mom died maybe there's a, and again this is just I don't even know if I believe it. it's just cool to think about maybe there's like a little piece of her in me that gets to see the world through my eyes it's like she gets to see the the journey that I'm on mm-hmm. just like a little part of her yeah you know yeah. and I was like that's pretty cool he, he said like the perfect thing to her right after she had lost someone she yeah, loved yeah I, I remember like, that too it's a wise wise old man totally he knew what to say yeah exactly um books so yeah the the book that I got so when I was listening to Rogan and this producer of 1883, uh, and Rogan's talked about a lot. So remember that book, uh, Empire of the Summer Moon? I, I feel like I've heard him say that. Yeah. It's it's like a it's a real like historical book on the Comanches mm, from yeah. the 1700s to the late 1800s and what yeah. they were able to do. And like the, apparently they were the um, 
they were like the leading kind of military group for Native Americans, mm. and they just murdered. Like they they would just clean house with Americans. They mm. couldn't, even though the Americans had like uh, guns, they had one shot, and then they had to like plunge the the, yeah. the bullets in. Right? Yeah. It's like you you got one shot, and then you got to like do a bunch of shit to get another shot. Yeah. So the Comanches were just killing them with bow and arrows, hatchets, you know, and they were really good on horses. Yeah, well. the hatchet thing is nasty. Nasty dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I bought, I bought that book just cause of that. Cause Rogan just talked about it so long and then I'm watching 1883. I'm like, this is fucking cool. And I, I've just been really into stories. The history is interesting too. Like that Super. it's legitimate history. Yeah, exactly. And apparently the author, like he started investigating <clears throat> when he moved to Texas cause he started learning about the history there yeah. and he was like, holy shit. Like there's some, there's some shit worth talking about. And he's like, I don't think a lot of people, especially through movie, it wasn't told properly. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the native Americans history. So apparently this book is supposed to be like really like historically accurate um and it's just kind of a story from like kind of how they started how they trained how they went to war how they treated each other all this stuff you know right till their their end yeah because apparently the americans started winning once they learned they invented a um double action guns where it's like you could shoot multiple rounds semi-automatic because the other ones were like muzzle loaders yeah yeah so once they like advance in weaponry then it's like what are you gonna do yeah once you can unload that gun you're fucked yeah yeah apparently in texas they find arrowheads like all the time just in the ground from like centuries ago that's cool man yeah it's wild man but yeah dark history right any anywhere any country has a right here man saskatchewan prairies yeah man it's all brutal. Yeah. There's no fucking peaceful. Even like before the Europeans came here, it was still brutal. You know, like our aboriginals were still just murdering each other. At the end of the day, it's all about just taking what's yours. You know, I watched uh, this Griselda Blanca. She's like one of the most famous. Uh, oh, yeah. Miami like drug dealer. Is that exactly, the show? Yeah. I haven't seen it, but yeah. I saw previews. Yeah. She came from like Colombia and she was like the person that um, Pablo Escobar was afraid of. Mm. But at the end of the day, any of those, you can call it successful mobsters or drug lords. The one trait they have is ruthless. Yeah. They, they just killed everybody else to be the person on top. Right. There's no other way around it. There's no business negotiating doing deals you have to kill everybody and take the top spot yeah. and you period. know and it's interesting with a girl because like that's a woman in a man's game like right like it's like i feel like she was probably pretty rare to be like a female boss ass lady back then 100 where you're dealing cocaine yeah. to like a bunch of gangsters and you know but it's almost like um you know when they say like if you're in compton you see like a bunch of gangsters and like let's say they're all black but there's one white guy they're like, look out for the white guy. If that guy somehow got his way into that mm. that arena, yeah. he's probably a wild card. Yeah. Probably got a couple screws loose. Yeah. Right? Just like if a woman is running exactly. a coke game and Pablo Escobar is scared of her, it's probably for a reason. Yeah. She's probably like ruthless. And that's the thing, you know, once you get money and power, you have the most dangerous men working for you. Yeah. So at the at, at the end of the day, it's just about calling shots and being ruthless with those shots. Right. You know? Yeah. It's wild. Um, so, okay. So do you have anything more to say about those books? So, so you bought that book, Moonlight? I bought that book and then I bought The Laws of Spirit. But it's just but another Dan Millman book. Okay. Yeah. I, I bought three books this year so far. I read them all <coughs> and they're all just not good. So I'm really? like, I'm going to go to an author that I know. And yeah. then I got this one that Rogan's nice. been hyping up. Like, That'll crazy. be good. That'll be good. I, um, 
just one more little piggyback on some things we were watching. So uh, I'm going to spoiler alert. Have you heard of this movie called um, Society of Snow? Society no. of the Snow? No. So again, if you haven't seen it and you plan to watch it, fast forward through this. But um, it's, it's a, a movie or a series? It's a movie. Okay. It's, it's like an Oscar award winning movie. It's um, a true story on this uh, Uruguay uh, soccer team. They're all in their early 20s. Um, they're basically going to fly to, like, I don't remember where, but Peru, somewhere. They're going to fly, the, the like, national champion soccer team, they're going to fly to go compete somewhere. And it's in the 70s, so it's, like, a big deal for this team to fly there. It's all these, you know, full of piss and vinegar, young, promising, early 20s kids. And um, the flight pattern, they're going through mountains, and they try to, like, elevate high, and they end up getting in a plane crash. Mm. And basically the plane splits in half and the front half of the tube like uh, shoots through the snow like down a mountain and ends up like parking and these guys are like way in the middle of mountain territory and um, obviously a ton of people get killed get injured but there's like 20 some people that survive and they're just in this tube with no wings like out in the middle of the mountain range it's based on shoes right yeah mm-hmm. and um just it they eventually end up getting again like definitely spoiler alert they eventually end up getting rescued 71 days after. Wow, and like 71 a, days. A handful of people died and they end up eating the dead people to survive because wow. they have no food. And it's like this big moral question because they're like religious. They're like, we can't, I'll die. But it gets to the point where some people are like, look, I'm not dying. The will to live. The will to live. strong, yeah. And, and resilience, man. And it's, mm. it's so crazy because it's a true story and they have photos after of like the helicopter coming over and they're all like waving there's like 12 people left surviving or whatever and it's all like real photos of these people and they all have like beards and long hair and they're scrawny but um and and it's kind of like that 1883 type of theory it's like if anybody gets cut and infected it's like well you have five days left and you're gonna die and um that crazy how like that that's like the I think modern medicine has obviously gone way too far and we just are a bunch of pill poppers here, but God damn, man, like that type of stuff is where it's amazing. Oh yeah. You get a little cut on your thumb, <laughs> you don't die. You get to take some antibiotics. Dude, here every couple of years I go on antibiotics for like whatever it is, some yeah, infection. Exactly. Yeah, you would have been dead 10 times over already. Crazy. Like we all would have crazy. Been. And it's just crazy the resilience of like, once the movie's going and it's like okay they've been there for a week i'm like jesus they're still alive and it and we're talking like treacherous like middle of winter right middle of winter snow avalanches like no water food and they find out ways to like melt the snow into cups and eat people and just like keep hope keep faith you know and like some of them go trek up to try to find stuff and some of them stay at the at the plane and it's this wild story man and it's just you know, the the thing I got out of it is just the resilience of humans and yeah. how, how nowadays, if we're hungry, we eat, you know, like people can't even, a lot of people can, but the average person tell them to do a 17 hour fast, like right. something that's not that difficult and they right. just can't or won't. Right. You're tired, you sleep, you are tired, you rest, you're hungry, you eat, you know, and we have all these luxuries and at the end of the day, man, if you have the, the right mindset and a lack of resources like we are so resilient yeah. and it's just amazing where the brain goes to, to survive you know it's crazy man it'd be kind of cool if like i don't know just 
whether it's a religious thing or not, or even like just make it like a cultural thing, like you know, like Ramadan. Yeah. It's like so like fucking millions of people do that. Yeah. That shit's pretty hard. Like I think it's like no no water or food from when the sun comes up to when the sun goes down. I think that's what it is. So it's like once yeah. once the sun's up, it's like no more water, no more food, and you got to wait till it goes down. And they yeah. do it for a month. Yeah, I'm like that's a cool practice, man. Yeah, respect for doing that, and like yeah. for that many people to do something like that, no matter how rich or poor you are, that's that's good practice. Yeah, because yeah, if shit hits the fan one day and you've never built resilience, that's why the cold plunge is probably so good, right? Yeah. It's like if if shit does hit the fan, you're kind of training yourself to deal with high stress. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And you can unite, like there's unity with people in that. It's almost like if you're fighting with another guy from our gym and you guys are like training together for six weeks and then you're like cutting weight together, there's like a bond. I wonder if a lot right. of these Muslim community, after the Ramadan, they're looking at each other in the eye and they're like, we did it. Right. Like, good man. You for know? sure. Like, and I think it can go both ways. Like, you know, I'm sure in a lot of those scenarios <laughs> that maybe we don't hear about where maybe everyone did die and there's not a cool movie about it because it's not a success story. Yeah there could be clashing as well because people get nasty during those times like people get selfish right Mm -hmm. it's like if you don't have a leader and there's kind of like um like a vacuum for who's gonna rule like rule these this small group of people yeah i think that's where um you know that famous story in i think it's called endure where the it's like a ship get what gets lost at sea they get frozen in or something like that and they're 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 trying to go like so far up north or something i forget i forget what the exact story was but it's based on a true story and this captain apparently not one person died where they were like looking at it um like scientifically they're like you all should have been dead how did nobody die but apparently that leader was a real leader Mm -hmm. he knew how to like maintain spirits of people and keep giving them hope to stay on and keep allowing them to work with each other and he just did everything possible to make it a team effort but it's like what if you don't have a guy like that and you start getting that you start fighting getting more stressed out you eat their rations he drinks your water it could just be a disaster. Oh, though, yeah. You know? Well, and it's even like on that 1883, there's the one guy in the group that will like steal some yeah. other people's food and right. be selfish. And Yeah, I love that old guy where he's like, who did it? Where, show me. Yeah. And then the, the Europeans are like, oh, shit. Yeah. What's going to happen? They just point and they they walk over like it's the executioner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's crazy. Yeah, wild. Um, since we're on shows. So I... um. I don't know if this is a concrete statement, but I feel like I've kind of learned that I, I don't like watching shows or movies where I can't be inspired by somebody's strong character. Mm. So I watched a preview. <coughs> I watched a preview for Napoleon. Yeah, right? like, I, I've heard of that. Have you seen the previews? Uh, no. So the previews look badass. It looks like Napoleon is just a conqueror, which like historically I think he was like, he was like, you know, he's kind of like one of the main um, military leaders that people talk about when it comes to like successes. Is that like Napoleon Bonaparte? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the famous. Yeah, Napoleon. exactly. Okay. Like the super famous. Yeah. Anyway. And, and it's, and the actor in it is like that Joaquin Phoenix with the little yeah. hair lip, yeah, super yeah. good actor preview look badass i'm like i'm in i'll watch it i want to get inspired yeah bro he's a bitch and i i didn't want to watch it did we stopped it so we paid 25 dollars to rent this movie because i just it was like i think it was like aaron's birthday so we're like let's treat ourselves and we'll like we'll watch something cool bro i i remember just thinking like oh this guy is such a pussy 
It's literally like, and whatever, I'm not going to try to get too political, but it's almost like they made this movie about Napoleon, but it was just Justin Trudeau in there. Like it just, it made, it reminded me of like the weakest character I've ever seen. And it just was, I'm like, why do people watch this? Like, what do you get out of a show like that? Even if it is historically correct, like maybe Napoleon was known to be a pussy. Like he's just kind of a bitch and just somehow, (laughs) somehow. I don't think he's a pussy. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's how it made me mad. I'm like, there's no, how could you be a military leader? When you have a bunch of legit actual killers below you, but yeah. you're kind of just a pussy. Like nobody really respects yeah. you. He he seems very scared to make commands. Somebody banged his wife while he was at war. The guy did nothing. He didn't do anything about it. He's a simp, dude. And because like when I watch Vikings, like Ragnar Lothbrok, bro, that guy, I shaved my head because of him. <laughs> Or I, like fucking Tim McGraw, eighteen eighty three, straight man, up. straight Kevin up. Kevin Costner in Yellowstone, man, man. dude, Reacher. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Reacher yet. I didn't. I seen the picture watch and I thought it. I was like, oh, that's what Jesse's talking about. You looks like it. a dude. Looks like a man. He's a man. Yeah. you should watch it. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, there's two seasons, but yeah, I bet you probably like. Yeah, yeah. There's some corny parts in it, but it's it, overall it's <laughs> fucking solid. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I just. I stopped watching it and then I'm like, why did I stop watching that? It had so much potential to be good. Like the, 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 the story could have been great, but I was like, it's just, if I can't be inspired, why, why, why am I watching this? Like when I watched Vikings, legit inspired. I was like, I want to be a better leader. I want to be better at martial arts. Yeah. I want to look like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I watched the Reacher, same thing. Like there's certain traits that I don't care for, but yeah. I was like, I need to get bigger. Yeah. Not that big. But I need to get a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that that's true, hey? Like you get inspired. Like for even, sure. even with like eighteen eighty three, you see these yeah. heads of the family and you're like I, I need to learn how to like yeah. change a tire better and like <laughs> fucking be more of a man and Straight like take up. care of people more. You know? Straight up. Yeah, yeah. Even even like to the extent of like um <clears throat> like knowing what to say when somebody passes away. Like yeah, like yeah. we were saying, how Sam Elliott yeah. came to that Elsa, uh, Elsa, and just said the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Like that's a character trait that I want to have. Yeah. And so when you watch that, you just get inspired. Even it doesn't even have to be like this big macho thing. Yeah. Just that I was like, or even the dad teaching his boy about the lessons and the balance between life of animal and human. I'm like, that shit's inspiring to me. Yeah. But then you see this, and I'm like, who the fuck made this show, and why? Yeah. Who's watching this? Yeah. I give it a. Th- 2.8 out of 10. Yeah. yeah. And that's because I'm in a good mood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, anyway. <laughs> I, was just re- I was just reading about the word inspired, like coming from the words in spirit, mm. you know? Huh. That's what that originates from? Yeah. Like that's what inspired originates from, like being, being in, in spirit. Huh. Apparently, you know, we are all spiritual beings living this human experience. Right. You know? And, um, huh. I'm not going to try to like break this deep stuff down, yeah, yeah. but it's like, it's like we're kind of in tune with, with spirit when we're inspired. It's, uh, it's like an invisible thing, almost invisible that, force. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It's like, um, yeah, that's a weird thing. Hey, see, that's the kind of thing, it's, you know, I'll read and I'll, I, you kind of understand it, but yeah. trying to put it into words, it makes it sound like mumbo jumbo. Right. Yeah. I was trying to think of like, you know, if I'm getting like inspired to like from a movie or something, Cause there's still, there's still logic happening. Like it's, it's still logically. I'm like, I, I like this guy's character <clears throat> trait. So logically I want to like morph into what that guy is. So I'm going to shave the sides of my heads and grow a fucking yeah. long hair. Yeah. But is that, that's, it's like an invisible thing, but it's also tangible. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I'm too stupid to explain that. Yeah. It's, it's a, 
very difficult thing to try to explain, <laughs> but, um, it's, you know, <coughs> did you, um, I don't know which one to talk, touch on first. Um, yeah, I'll touch on this. Did you listen to Alex Hormozzi and Chris Williamson? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, this is insane to me. Ask me, ask me a question. I think I know where this is going. Um, see anything. What was the most inspiring thing message that you got in 2023? Well, um, that's how long he paused. Dude, I was going to talk to you about this. I, I counted it. I put my, I put my phone up and I like, I was like, bro, don't wait that long. Yeah. I understand you're trying to like create that negative space, but too long, <laughs> too long, dude. too long. Elon right Musk. when I heard that, I, I, I was like, Aaron, come here. It's like, babe, listen to this, <laughs> dude. I couldn't. And she, she was like, oh, they fucked up the editing. I'm like, no, they didn't. That's him taking his sweet ass time before he responds. It's so funny because I just know the exact moment you're talking about because yeah. I was cooking and I was like, oh, this fucking app like yeah. fucked up again. And I went to my phone and speaker to change it. I'm like, oh no, it's still playing. Yeah. And then he responded. I was like, hey man, take two seconds. Don't take 14 seconds. Yeah. It was, it was, it was in between four. It was 14 and a half seconds. <laughs> That's a long time, bro. That's what I just showed you. I was counting in my head 15 seconds. That's it, so long. It wasn't even like the deepest no. question either. Yeah. So that, it's like, yeah, there's like a party that's like, all right, man, like I get it. Pause before you answer just to make sure you really understand what's happening. And you can kind of like plan your, your answer or whatever. It don't take that long. And that, that, that pause space, it does draw people in. It's intriguing. Like there's power to that. Same with a comedian after a joke to, to pause before you just For keep sure. talking. But yeah, yeah too but, long. Man. Yeah. What's the line? Eh? Too like long. even 10 seconds is outrageous. So when I counted him at like 15 seconds, yeah. I was like, that is unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's when like buddy has to be like, bro, are you good? Like you can have a stroke. <laughs> You know, is your brain just not firing? Bro, that's so funny, man. Yeah. I was going to talk to you about that. <laughs> so what did you think about that? So Alex Harmozzi, super smart guy, you know, great at articulating things. But it's interesting how, you know, I still don't agree with everything he says. There's some things he says where I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't necessarily agree, you know, but like, it's just interesting when you can hear somebody who's like super accomplished and but everybody is different, you know? Like, everybody has a different spin on things. This is a good segue. So, for one, I didn't finish the podcast, but just because you kind of said how everyone's different. Um, this is a while ago. Um, I remember Chris Williamson was talking about his friend, Alex Hermosi, And he said that, he's like, man, there's days where I just, I wish I was more ambitious. I wish that I had the brain of an Alex Hermosi where that guy was literally put here to be ambitious. The guy just wants a billion dollars. He wants to own everything and grow and grow. And Chris Williamson is very ambitious. He's super successful. Like he's super fit, smart. Like he's, he seems to have got it all. Yeah. So like coming from him, you're like, God damn, I feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. And this guy's like, I wish I was more ambitious. I'm like, bro, you're the most ambitious yeah. to me. Yeah. But it just shows you how there's just levels to this game and a real experience that had, or not a, not not my experience, but I saw something that <clears throat> exact same thing reminded me of how different people's brains work. 
I was driving to MMAC and I'm just going down Pine House Drive and this the weather's been really nice here so like the snow's melting there's puddles everywhere bro I witnessed a woman get soaked by a bus oh soaked fuck I got violently mad for her <clears throat> she started laughing genuinely I was like oh you're a happy person so she was by herself? She was by herself and it made her laugh hysterically. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, so there's some people in the world that are ambitious like Alex Hermosi. And then there's some people in the world that are just happier people. Cause I said that to my friend, Justin, he's like, I would have beat the shit of the bus driver. I was like, yeah, dude, I would have wanted to throw a rock. I would have wow. been like, fuck, like, oh, my, my <laughs> outfit. Ooh, I gotta go change and been like, you know, it would have been tough for me to like recover from that. You gotta go home. It's like you mighty gotta... water too. Oh, it's dude. not just water. And she got soaked, bro. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. Splash. I saw it from soaked. head to fucking toes. And like, I wanted to chase after the bus driver and be like, "Hey, man, be more thoughtful. Did you not see the person you just dosed in muddy water? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're lucky. She thought it was funny." But I just, man, I just, it, and then I continued driving and I just was like pondering that situation. I was like, some people are just different. She's got the, she's got the brain chemicals that help her be more happy than you or I ever. We could, you could make a million dollars. You could hit your goal. She'll probably be happier than you living in some shithole. Yeah. Just existing, just doing a regular job. And who knows what she does. I mean, I'm judging, but like, I just feel like. There's just some people that no matter what you do, no matter how, how many biohacks you do or yeah. what the fuck it is, yeah. there's just some people that are happier, some people more ambitious, <clears throat> some people more depressed, some people this or that. We're just so different. And he doesn't, Alex Harmozzi doesn't, well, he's very open. He's like, he doesn't, he's not the happiest guy. Right. But he says, I'm not after happiness. Right. I'm after whatever. whatever. Money. <laughs> Money and just <laughs> fulfillment be, and, you know, serving a purpose and getting shit done like right. that's kind of his content space right but um yeah yeah yeah, that's that, 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 yeah just right when you said that it reminded me of the bus thing and i had it written down too so that was a good segue do you know what's a hard thing man is not complaining about anything like i did an experiment a little while ago where i was like for the next 48 hours i'm not going to complain about anything mm. and it's hard did you succeed i kind of lost track after the first day yeah i, I was consciously i'd catch myself consciously but then I started to realize, even if they're thoughts, if I don't That's manifest say, these yeah. things, there there's a lot of things I complain about, mm. you know. Because that's, that's the difficult part. It's one thing to do it where you're not speaking it into existence verbally and like with, with volume. But it's like if you're doing it in your head, is it not the same thing? Yeah. Your body still feels you bitching about something. Yeah. You know, in your head, you're like, fucking weather, fuck yeah. this guy in front of me. Yeah. Even though you're not saying it out loud, you're still complaining. Yeah. Your mind's still fucking going in the same pattern yeah you know yeah but um yeah. john cena you know who that is yeah <laughs> of course you do uh i'm so sick of these guys so he's on impulsive i don't watch impulsive anymore but i just saw a clip show up and it was like john cena claims lifetime natty says he's never oh, used steroids stop, stop stop and he was dead serious He's like, I get my blood work done uh, three times a year. He's like, my doctor just couldn't believe my testosterone levels. And I like, what is he? Is he 40 something? He's got to be in He's his He's got to be early 40s. Can you Google it real quick? John Cena age. I just want to see. At this point in time in 2024, you can't, you can't get away with that. 
Well, that's the weird thing. It's like so many people, they, they say they do it like The Rock. 46 years he's old. He's 46. And so I feel like guys like The Rock and him, it's like they're um, they're still stuck mm. in back in the day where it's like you got all these people looking at you and they're in, in, inspired to be like you. You, you don't want to disappoint them. But in today's world where everyone has access to information and we see what steroids do and what they don't and we hear people talking very um, – like um like with open doors about it like just you know yeah i'm on steroids this is what it does and, and like even guys that are very um they just know steroids well they'll like make videos being like this is why this guy's on it you can see the shape here you can yeah. see his skin his skin here it's like we know we know the shit yeah so when you're lying you're just kind of insulting your entire fan base now i feel like people know yeah yeah and so when i heard john cena say that i was like bro I don't ever want to watch anything with you on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's and again, if he was just up straight up about it, <coughs> I have no. I fucking yeah. Of course you are. You should be. You're a fucking professional wrestler traveling the world every weekend. He's jumping off the ropes, getting slammed. There's no way you're gonna recover. You lose respect for people when they lie to you. Yeah, simple man. as that. It's so frustrating when it's like a guy that's so obviously on it exactly. says he's not when exactly. you're 46 and your his arms are bigger than my midsection. You're so big yeah. at 46. It's just not. This is actually a good segue again here because something I've been into recently, you know, like you get on your late night YouTube search every now and then. Um, so I grew up watching wrestling. I was a big fan of like WWF or WWE wrestling. And um, I, I stopped caring about it by the time John Cena came into mm. it. But I got, I've gotten into watching these videos like I was a big Undertaker fan. So yeah, I was yeah. into the like Undertaker, Kane, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, The Rock, like in that kind of era. Right. I don't know if it was like whatever, late nineties, early two thousands. And um I just I used to be so fascinated with it and love this shit. You know, like these were my superheroes, these were my Marvel characters. Right. And um and then, you know, whatever, you grow up, you kinda of get out of it, but I just, I, I must have clicked on one video and then it led me into like for a, for a few days, like watching some old like wrestling entrances, entrances, entrances and like some of them like most memorable, whatever matches and moments in WWE. Yeah, okay. Um, it's fucking interesting, man. Like these guys are jacked on steroids and it is the biggest soap opera. Like yeah. they're these larger than life characters and a lot of them are very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Convincing, convincing. Okay. Like you kind of right, get right. drawn away into this um, f fantasy world. Right. Of they put the, on a show well. Yeah, and it seems like wow, this guy's actually like a big scary demon. Like this right. guy's intense. And then the hero comes in, and you're like, yes, like get him. Right. And they're, they're choreographed so well, and like they actually do beat the shit out of each other. Like, oh yeah, some of that stuff is nasty. When man. they're dropping on their back and like clotheslining each other and like throwing each other off shit, I'm like, man, for these guys with their schedules to travel 300 days a year doing this shit, and they're fucking six foot seven and they're 320 pounds with abs. I'm like, these guys are super machines yeah. and they're on all the steroids. And I was just so intrigued watching this again, because you know, they say you're at a very like pivotal, pivotal point in your life when you're, I don't remember the exact age from like seven to 11 or something where if anything 
happens that's impactful it can really like resonate with you in a deep way like maybe you were molested as a kid and then you grow up and then you have like a weird dark desire for older people or some weird sexual fantasy you know and I feel like that was the stage where I was like glued to the TV watching The Undertaker and Kane and these guys and like you just like you know someone's trying to talk to you and you just don't hear them because you're just in this fantasy world Mm. and watching these videos again kind of drew me back to that childlike version of myself where I was like just so intrigued by these larger than life characters and it's do you think it had any i wonder i don't know maybe consciously or unconsciously do you think it had anything to do with like the the fact that you just wanted to be in super good shape 100 percent. right i I think i wanted to be a big strong macho wrestler kind of a guy because you said like that was your marvel superhero characters like i didn't i didn't watch much wrestling i watched a little bit of wwf but it wasn't like i was i just always have memories of me with like actual action figures fucking doing this shit and i had the hulk and abomination and wolverine but like those are my guys i'm like these guys are muscular like i want to be fit yeah yeah i totally i think that's where it rooted from yeah just wanted to be a big strong macho guy you know? that's why it's important to not watch shows like napoleon where there's some yeah. bitch ass like yeah because you might just get inspired to be that guy you watch yeah. that at a certain point in your life and you just want to be a weasel <clears throat> yeah yeah but there's there's weird it's weird there's certain times in your life where if something like there's ignition you know like uh something can hit you in a deep way that subconsciously leads you to where you are in life and, yeah. and what you're passionate about you know and that's why i don't like when um like I know I understand it and I agree with it and I live it when people are like discipline's way better than motivation. It's so true. Yeah. But don't disregard motivation. Get it anywhere you can. Yeah. Like when I watched The Reacher, that shit's motivates me to want to go to the gym. Yeah. It like legit make I was like, I wanna be a big strong guy. Like yeah. that's fucking dope. Yeah. You watch Vikings or whatever, you watch the eighteen eighty three and you kinda just wanna be like a provider and you wanna be like a man's man. And, yeah. You know, it's like you can take inspiration from everywhere. Totally. You know, you can be disciplined but like yeah don't just think like because you watch this idiot on instagram being like fuck motivation it's all about discipline i'm like all right chill bro yeah like i get it but like i'm also going to get some motivation over here by watching the reacher shut up yeah yeah, for sure it's fine yeah you know there's a lot of the i find there's actually kind of a cool culture happening on social media where um I don't know if I would call them like realists or not, but they're kind of starting to shit on some of these really obnoxious, um, I don't know, just Instagram videos of people just going so extreme. Like I think I'd mentioned to you yesterday, we went for lunch and it was like, um, this guy was doing a podcast, just some young guy looked like he was 25 and he's talking to another young guy who looked like he was 18. And the guy was like, um, the guy asked him, he's like, so you, you don't ever like, like have a cheat meal or nothing. He's like, you don't need like a bag of chips. He's like, no man. He's like, I, like, I don't need chips ever. He's like, would you cheat on your wife just once? <laughs> and the guy, the guy was like, bro, like, I don't know, man. Like eating a bag of chips every now and then is a little different than me fucking some other girl than my wife. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Different things. Yeah. But the guy was dead serious. But there's a culture now that, and I love it. I don't even know the guy's name, but he'll roast those guys. Mm. He may, and even Alex Harmozzi was on there because Alex Harmozzi, and I don't know if it was on this recent clip, but he said that he's like, slaves would work 23 hours in a day. If a slave can work that much, he's like, I figured, why can't I? And so he's literally saying like, 
I'm just gonna work like a slave. And it's like the guy just roasted Alex Hermosi. And like I that's that's the thing that I like too. I like Alex Hermosi. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was funny as shit when this guy roasted him. I like Andrew Tate, but when Bottom G, the dancer, was like mocking him, I thought it was funny as hell. Never heard of Bottom G. Really? Yeah. Bro, even Top yeah. G responded to it. Somebody was like, what do you think about Bottom G? It's a guy that looks just like Andrew Tate, but he's a professional dancer, and he's, I'm pretty sure he's gay. At least he dances really yeah. gay. Super flamboyant. Bro, his dance moves are funny, but you think it's Andrew Tate because it looks like him. Yeah. And it's like, he's dropping it low, and you're like, it's, yeah. it's, so they call him Bottom G. Yeah. But man, it's like, I, I just, I like when you can, like, I can like this person, and then I can like another person that thinks that person's an idiot. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Just because I like Alex Hermosi doesn't mean I'm going to shit on the guy that was shitting on him. I thought it was funny. Exactly. It's like the Canada thing when Andrew Tate was shitting on Canada. Exactly. It was funny. Exactly. I laughed. Exactly. Cold plunge. He mocked yeah. everyone doing cold plunges. I didn't be like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Yeah. I was like, that's funny. I love all the science and the stuff behind the yeah. cold plunge. But when somebody roasts on these idiots getting in cold water, I'm like, that's yeah. also hilarious. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, so with a guy like Alex Hermosi, back to him. So he's a... Uh, you know, yeah, workaholic, let's say, and, and he's married and, you know, he's married to another complete workaholic. Like I think her net worth is in the hundreds of millions. Mm. I wonder if it just works because they're both like, I, I don't know too much about her, um, but she's got to be just like him for, for this guy. I would to be, imagine, you know, I would imagine it's kind of like we talked about how um, I, I think they brought it up in the podcast, how <laughs> um like that, that perfectionism idea and like really high standards. Like a lot of people will kind of, um, they almost talk about it in a negative way. And I think Alex Hermosi was like, fuck you. It's just how I am. So yeah. I'm going to find someone who is just like that. Yeah. He's like, and I did. Yeah. I found another savage, like some lunatic who's just like super type A, like everything's in order, super ambitious, yeah. very fit, yeah. you know, like all the things. That's a, that's an interesting point. Like you have to kind of think the same way. Cause I remember him saying one of the first moments he realized that this, I think her name's Lola was like the, the girl for him. They went to f get frozen yogurt and he's always like business mindset, you know? Right. And so he's mentioned something about like, you know, they, they weigh out the ice cream and all the toppings and like, this is their business model and this is how they make money based on this. And she actually had like a interesting comment to do with the whole business side of this yogurt place mm. too. And she's like, yeah. And also like, you know, they're getting money from the way they do this. And he's like, oh, you're actually like thinking uh, behind the scenes. You're not just right. like, oh, it's frozen yogurt. Right, yeah. You know? Right. And so that was like super attractive to him. Then he's uh, like, okay, this girl has like a business mindset. She yeah. breaks things down. Right. Um, maybe I should just mention that. Yeah. We were talking yesterday about uh, something I heard on Ed Milet's podcast about, you know, let's say you've been with somebody for a year. It doesn't matter how long it is. And you're trying to decide whether you should stay with this person, boyfriend, girlfriend. <clears throat> it's like, look, look at your, look at your stat sheet. What, what's happened with your stats over the last year you've been with them. It's mm. like your financial situation. Um, are you making more money? Are you, are you, are you bankrupt now after dating right. this person for a year? Your friendships or family? Like, are you, um, health, closer your with your friend, your weight? Have you gained 20 pounds since you've been with this person right. or are you taking better care of yourself? Right. Um, even like your mental state, like, are you, are you happier? Like, right. are you frustrated more? And it's like, check your stats. You know, if you've been with this girl for a year and you're like, I don't know, but all your stats are doing better. It's like, maybe you should take that into consideration. Yeah. You know? That's an important thing. Cause yeah, like even just having that, cause sometimes you can get clouded. Hey, you don't really know what the right <clears throat> choice is, but if you had like a clear 
piece of paper saying like, when you first started dating, this was your level of fitness, this was your bank account, this was your social network, this was your overall happiness, this was your how much sleep you got. And then you had it like, you know, years after it's like, now this now these are the numbers. Yeah, it's like, wow, she makes me better clearly. Yeah, or oh, shit, she's destroying everything I used to have. Yeah. And like, we know someone who like, fucking everything's gone. Yeah. And but it's like, they're probably not seeing it clearly. But if they had that very clear one side here with with what you started yeah. with and then the other one is after being with that person i wonder if their brain would be like oh like i it's so clear to me now i lost everything business money fitness relationships overall health sleep everything is out the window yeah but sometimes you can't see it because yeah. you're caught in the thing that's the weirdest thing being caught in the thing you know um perspective yeah like Sometimes you just, you don't know what's wrong. You feel like everything's okay, but it's not quite right. And you need a friend or a family member or to like really just take a step back and objectively look at this picture to like, it takes somebody telling you like, Hey man, like you've been a mess the last year and like, look at how, what you've destroyed and you can't see it because you're just in the fog of it, you know? And it's so weird how we can lose that perspective. And then in retrospect, five years later, you're like, man, what happened to me right. for that one year? You're like, I had no idea. And right. I was living it every day. I like that stat sheet thing. Cause I brought it, I brought it up to you just naturally. Like I was telling you, like just, we were kind of having like a personal conversation and then you brought that up. So I was like already kind of thinking like yeah. sometimes I'll just every now and then I'll be like, is everything still good? Like, do I, how's my money doing? How's my fitness? How's my like overall health, happiness? So when I brought that up, you, you brought up the stat sheet. I'm like, I like when you can, just put a, um, a term on something. Yeah. You know, cause then yeah, you're not exactly. just kind of, uh, randomly thinking about those things. It's like once a month, like, or once, I don't know, maybe three times a year or something, or every six months, you just check your stats. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Is this person an anchor or they, or am I doing better because of them? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a real question to ask. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then for them too, like, what are their, what's my partner's stats? Right. Like, you know, and right. Um, another thing on that, that Ed Milet brought up, which is pretty, an interesting concept that you can kind of tie in. Um, we've all heard actions speak louder than words, you know, judge people on their actions, not what they say. But his whole perspective was, um, watch, watch the people in your life, like a movie with the sound off, Mm. you know? And he's like, just, just imagine your life as this movie and just dial the sound all the way off. Like who's actually showing up, you know, who is there? Who's, who's helping you? Who's, and, and just that's, it's a real way to tune out the noise of what people are saying they're going to do. And, you know, talking and talking and talking. That's how a lot of people that watch fights analyze fights with Mm. the volume down Mm, because you can get very persuaded when Rogan's like, Oh, this guy's got an incredible boxing background and Mm. look at the hand speed. But in reality, in reality, that guy might be losing, and even Rogan is is could be very biased to him, which sometimes he is. That everybody is, yeah. but it's like you could kind of be on somebody's bandwagon because of their history, but you're missing very important details of that person losing the fight. So, like you said, yeah. watching somebody's life with the volume down or watching a fight or a basketball game with no volume you're not persuaded by the crowd the announcers the coaches you see exactly what's happening in real time complete objectivity yeah yeah Yeah. no subjective persuasion that's interesting yeah yeah well 
that's maybe a an episode name is volume down yeah. <laughs> or something <laughs> so this we have one more podcast to do before i go to brazil oh yeah and then you're gone and then so it'll work out right we don't have to skip a podcast well there's going to be one skipped because oh, i'm gone for three weeks oh maybe i'll get a i'll get a guest i'll get a a, a filler yeah i was thinking too we could maybe like record another one and put it out that week because it's only one but we'll talk about it yeah. we'll see what we see what we do yeah, yeah. that's the one crappy thing about missing one now is it's like a month with no podcast because right. we're doing it every two weeks right, right, yeah. but you know what i was thinking of this morning i was walking the dog and i was just thinking about these dates like oh shit how many more do we have till i'm gone um man it's so it was so fun when we did uh like a traveling podcast like when we were in california and we just did like a quick podcast before we went to see theo vaughn Oh yeah, we did do that. Just I did my Airbnb. We just like yeah, yeah. had a drink. That's uh, right. And then just did like a forty-minute podcast or something, and talked about our day and our experience and how we're. We could do it when you're in Brazil too. Like, look at Callie. She does she, like a lot of her stuff isn't in person. It's all like mm, it's all through. I don't know. I don't know what she uses. Yeah. I don't know if it's Zoom or not. But it's like she, those people aren't always coming to her. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we know? could. So I never even thought about that. It. We could easily. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I don't know how the sound quality would be, but it'd probably be cool because hmm. you'd be fucking in Brazil. Like, yeah. you know, I feel like we'd have a lot to talk about for sure. And yeah. I'll have like a cool condo, you know, so mm. I'll have like the space to do. I'll have my laptop and everything with yeah. me, headphones. So, so we'll, we'll have to talk that. about that. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's fun. You know, like, uh, I don't know. It'd be fun to travel together again someday. Like I know yeah. we didn't really have the time in Denver to do a podcast. Like it was just yeah. busy, busy, busy. Yeah, but that was wild. It's, it's, it's kind of fun when you're like on the go somewhere, you know? So my, my next kind of big trip, um, I've, I've had Thailand in my mind for a while and I'm going to go there. I just don't know when. I think more realistically, once Layla passes away, I'm going to go to that Mexico, like where that... Tulum? They moved, oh yeah, they moved. That's right. They moved yeah. across the country, but they're Got still it. in Mexico okay. somewhere. But bro, like it looks so cool. Like they yeah. showed me their setup right now. Or they showed me. They just posted on their social media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they have like a ring on the beach in front of the ocean Damn. and I was like man I just want to go there so yeah. bad like so yeah. I I don't know I don't know how it's going to happen but I, I know I've got the money sit, sat aside right now <laughs> like I'm kind of just waiting for Leo to pass away and then I'm going to go there yeah. and I think hopefully Aaron will come for like maybe a week or two I'm hoping to go there for at least two weeks yeah. potentially a month yeah um, but yeah we'll see that's sick dude so yeah maybe you could hop on hop on that one you can come for a week yeah it's in mexico it shouldn't be that expensive that'd be sick you know yeah yeah it's kind of like for those of you who don't know i'm dealing with a little bit of a knee injury right now and it's just funny how life how life works you know it's like um like this year i've kind of made some goals to do more competing in jiu-jitsu and i have this trip broke to brazil obviously i'm going to go there and intend to do a lot of training and then yeah whatever it is five weeks before like i have this knee injury i'm trying to rehab and it's not too bad it's not like a twisting acl or lcl or anything but it's it's enough that i can't roll and i can't like work my legs out really so i'm like trying to be smart and that if i continue to be smart i sense and my physiotherapist sense that it should be getting good like right around the time i go mm. so i don't think i'll be able to go in like good rolling shape or anything right. but i'm just like trying to just like get my shit together so i can take advantage of the jujitsu out there and but at the end of the day you know what like these are the things we can wake up and be really upset about and complain and be like, oh, poor me. Like, I can't train 100% right now before my trip. And is my knee going to be in 100% health for the trip? And then I have to catch myself and be like, bro, 
you're able to go and go to Brazil for three weeks and enjoy your life and travel. And like, I can still drill technique. I could still train 90% of my body. Right. I'm healthy. I have my friends and family. Like these are the kind of things where you have to recalibrate your perspective and be like, don't be like, poor me, my knee. Why did this happen to me right when I have my trip booked? And you, right. have to, you know, it's always weird blessings in those injuries. Like sometimes they're hard to see, eh? but it's like yeah. after it's like, I don't know, maybe you go on this trip and you get more out of the trip because you weren't rolling full clip. Like maybe you just, your, your lens changes yeah. and maybe it absorbs the technique more. It's like, it's just going to, it's like with my hand injuries, can't yeah. punch that well, but I'll, I'll sharpen the elbows up. Yeah. Got a knee injury, we'll sharpen something else up. It's so true, man. And you just have to focus on what you can control. So I've been studying jujitsu a lot more. So in it's like, okay, I'm not going to go to Saturday morning training. So I'm reading this jujitsu book or I'm watching right. systematically attacking the legs instructional by Gordon Ryan. Like oh, I have this instructional. And so like I'm taking in more like technical right. information now, even though my body's not going right. to war. So yeah. it's like in the big picture, man. And you know what the other cool thing is, is like, I, I find now with you teaching as well, but like I've been teaching for, I don't know, six years or something. I don't even know. Five or six years. Whenever I get injured, I just, my brain switches over to coach mode. Like it, yeah, it's always yeah, yeah. on coach mode, but it's like when I know I can't really hit pads properly, I'm like, how can I teach better? How yeah. can I hold the pads perfectly? So when someone throws a kick, they're like, damn, that felt good. That was yeah, a good connection. Yeah, yeah. How can I give visual cues? And like, so yeah, it almost just like I was saying with Brazil, if you can't train hard, your lens might be like watching the instructor more being like, I like how he teaches, mm, that's how good. his body language is, how he's explaining that even though it's going to be in Portuguese or yeah, yeah, I yeah. got it right. Yeah. I know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Well, should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap That's it up. That's all I have to say. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening. Episode 128.